honest with you, just because I'm I'm way too political and outspoken about my faith and all this stuff that isn't really acceptable on television anymore. Probably isn't even acceptable on Tap That As podcast, but he's probably going to edit out like 90% of this stuff. But you know what, dude? That's the thing about being just a trailblazer, dude. You just, you just say what you want to say. Hey, what's up? This is Justin from Earn Your Booze, and today I am your host on Tap That AZ, brought to you by Arizona Food and Beer. Today we are in Tucson, Arizona at Bottle Breacher headquarters with someone who I have the utmost respect for, the founder and CEO of Bottle Breacher, Eli Crane. What's up, Eli? What's up, brother? Always good to see you. Dude, so good to see you. It's always fun coming in here and just looking around and uh, doing whatever we do. Hanging out at my old kitchen table, drinking beer at lunchtime. Yeah, dude, it's always good. Which man. we are actually doing. We are doing. Great. Yeah. And it's what time is it, Eric? It is 1120. So where would, so, yeah. where would it be 5 o'clock then? Because it's got to be 5 o'clock somewhere at all times, right? They're probably in London or something like that. Probably. Do they still have beer over there, though? I don't know. I think, mm. uh, I, I think, I think it got taken away. I think so. I think it might with, be too dangerous with everything for the else. public. Yeah, there's a lot of dangerous things going on in public, yeah. but it's okay because we can regulate that. We yeah. can regulate it yeah. all. Baby. No, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, uh, Eli, we just wanted to come down here today and uh, just kind of, uh, you know, talk to you and see a little bit more about what you're doing with the business, with uh, the veterans and stuff like that, and, of course, have a couple beers. So, um, you know, you and I met really online. When I was getting married about five years ago now, I found you and Jen on Etsy. And you're making yeah. these badass uh, breachers, right? And so you guys made my wedding gifts. And so that's kind of how we met. And then we just kept talking after that. I eventually moved out here. You had come out a little before me, I believe. And, um, you know, just kept in touch. So it was, it was a great way uh, to meet. And then it was funny. I actually saw you on Shark Tank after all of that. So we'll get into that. But um But hold up, let's go back for a second. Yeah. You gotta tell you gotta be honest now. Okay. What did your groomsmen think when they got bottle breachers? Oh dude, I was the I was the man. They freaked like, out. Capital man. the man. They freaked out. The it's, problem with giving your groomsmen and we this is something that is actually scientifically proven. Yeah. If you give your groomsmen their bottle breachers prior to you actually, you know, doing the ceremony and they always show up in worst case. I mean, it's like, oh, I bet. Cause breaching is addictive and we know that, right? For sure. So they, they just start going bananas. They start buying six packs that they can't even carry. And it's right. like, guys, take a wrap off, earn your booze, slow down. Slow and the hell down. Let, let's, let's relax a little bit. So I tell people now, Hey, if you're going to give out groomsmen gifts, if you're going to give out breachers as groomsmen gifts, you might want to wait till after the ceremony. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing you know, there's no ring. You know, and like, no, like, dude, like, dude, you knew I needed that. I gave you a, a breach. I gave you a bottle opener. What's going on? You can't handle that. But I mean, I understand they're they're badass. So, yeah. yeah so I wanted to hear a little bit more, um, kind of about how you got started. You shared with me last time I was here about how you were making them uh, for the guys in your teams and stuff like that. So if you can kind of like tell us like what you're doing at the time when this kind of came about. Yeah. So it actually didn't come about with me trying to start a business. It actually came about primarily with me just trying to make something awesome. And uh, my little brother, uh, one of my heroes, uh, just a smart, awesome dude. He's a, uh, he's a uh, Cobra pilot in the Marine Corps. Still and, in? Yeah, he's a, he's a reservist now. He's, he just cool. graduated from law school, and now he's doing that whole thing. That's awesome. um, but he's still flying as a reservist. But in 2009, he went to the Philippines, and he brought me a really generic 50 caliber bottle opener and gave it to me when he got back. And I thought it was one of the coolest gifts I'd ever received. And I was like, dude, you know, this is awesome. And, uh, all my buddies that came over to have beers with me and earn our booze, you know, they were, uh, they were always asking me, Hey Eli, where can I get, uh, where can I get one of these 50 caliber bottle openers? And I was yeah. always like, dude, I don't know. I've never seen them unless you go to the Philippines. I'm really not sure. So a couple of years later I had the idea, what if I took this really raw and generic 50 caliber bottle opener? What if I, you know, put a little love, um, and TLC into it, see if I could make it more badass. And I did that. I, I took it into my garage. I spray painted it black. I took a Punisher sticker from SEAL Team 3. Yeah. I put it on there and I took it to work and my buddies just freaked out. And they were like, dude, this is one of the raddest things I've ever seen. I want you to make me five or 10 of these for every dude in my family for Christmas. 
And it was at that point that the light bulb went on, yeah. you know, cause everybody's always trying to give those guys things from, you know, a pair of sunglasses to a pair of shoes. They want seals rocking their stuff. And so if these, I knew if these guys were willing to pay for them, then I could, I could get any man out there to pay for them. I just had to figure out how to market it to them. And so that's kind of where our journey started. And at that point I did what I recommend to most young entrepreneurs. I started trying to build out my team because I realized, and I'm so aware of just how, just how many weaknesses I have, um, and what I'm capable of. And there's so many weaknesses I have that I needed to surround myself with smarter, more talented people. And that's when I asked my wife, um, it's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. I asked my wife, Hey, do you think you could help me sell these? And she's like, let me do some research. She, she, you know, did some research online. She's like, I think I can help you sell these. Um, and she, she's like, we're going to sell these on Etsy. And I'm like, what Etsy, what the hell is Etsy? And she, I said like, why not eBay or something I've heard of? And she's like, no, trust me, dummy. We're doing this on Etsy. And so she was right. We put them on Etsy and, uh, you know, we, you know, that's where we started. And then a year and a half later we were on shark tank and you know i could dive as deep into that as you want but you know that's kind of how this thing started yeah i'd love to hear um a little bit more like so eric is in here taking pictures of everything because i don't blame him as coolest office i've ever been in um i'd love to hear a little bit more about what you did in the navy yeah. so um some people probably picked up that you were in the seal teams yeah. so um you know if there's something you want to share there i think that'd be kind of cool for, for for us to learn about yeah, absolutely. Um, I had the pleasure of an honor of serving in the SEAL teams for nine years. A lot of people that don't know me, they don't know about my story and how, how much difficulty and failure um, that that came. Usually people that meet me, they just get the highlight reel bio, the, sure. B, the BS, right? Sure. And, and it's not BS, but they, what they don't get is they don't get the full story. They don't get the 80%, the failure, the, you know, the obstacles, the adversity and, um, so I, I served in the SEAL teams from, uh, it was, I think, 2005 to 2000, uh, 2014 when I got out. So, okay. um, and it was just phenomenal for me because um, I got to serve with, with what I consider to be the greatest guys on the planet. Um, and they constantly sharpened me, constantly humbled me. Right. Um, and it was just constantly had me in stitches because they're so damn funny. Um, and it was just probably one of the greatest experiences of my life and I do miss it I, I I miss the guys especially I do occasionally miss you know an adrenaline rush here or there sure. or, you know going down range with them and um you know putting a hurt on some evil um uh, but you know just a total blessing and so much of what I learned in that community and from those guys is what I brought into this business because I don't have a fancy MBA you know I don't I, don't, I didn't have a a mentor who was like, you know, constantly telling me, Hey, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. A lot of what we were doing, we had to learn on the fly the hard way. And, uh, I'm so grateful that, you know, I came from, you know, a community where, you know, being forged through adversity, it's part of the program. And that's so important as an entrepreneur, because, you know, if you, there's a reason there's a 95% attrition rate, this stuff is hard. I mean, it is just straight hard. Right. Um, and so I'm so glad that I came from a community where we learn how to solve problems. Um, we we learn not to run when things got difficult, and we were very resilient. Sounds like all those things you just mentioned are probably big pieces of why Bottle Breacher is so successful. I mean, you started this thing in your garage off of seeing an idea from your brother that you saw there was a way to improve, and then basically building that thing up and getting into whatever Etsy was and now you're here and have, I don't even know how many spaces you have anymore now. And you're a, I don't either. You're, it's yeah. Too many. I mean, no, you're, you're a very uh, well-respected large company um, in my opinion. And um, so I would imagine that all those things you just mentioned about the teams had to come into play at various stages throughout this business. They did. I think the teamwork piece, you know, was one of the most important and they teach us that in SEAL training right off the bat. You're nothing by yourself. Um, the moment, the moment you think you're going to go out there and be effective on the battlefield by yourself, you're going to get yourself or worse. You're going to get one of your brothers killed. And it's the same in business. If you think you're going to go out there and do anything by yourself, you're kidding yourself. I mean, there are a very few exceptions to that rule, but every, every successful entrepreneur that I know has, that has built an empire has done it by building a team first. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't do everything yourself, right? 
And like, even as like, so as far as earn your booze goes, I have two partners now. Uh, one of them is, uh, Elliot, who's apartment bartender on Instagram. He is extremely talented photographer, bartender, mixologist, helps it. He's incredibly handsome as well. You know what I mean? So he has this whole like creative side that, uh, I don't have, like, I can't draw a stick figure. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm more just like, uh, you know, making a list, knocking it out, black and white, kind of very tactical with how I think. So I don't have all that kind of stuff. And then we just brought on a guy named Joey, who is a first form athlete who is, you know, has all the knowledge in the world beyond me that's everything, nutrition, health, wellness, physical fitness, stuff like that. So those are areas that I know that I just, I didn't have time to learn all the, the uh, you know, physical fitness and nutrition type stuff and I don't have the creative side built into my brain so those guys are you know are keystones to what we do so we can you know make a, a real legit business well I do got to go back though because if we're talking about the formation of of my business I do want to I would do want to make sure that people understand what I consider to be the secret sauce yeah in starting this I was praying a lot okay, okay. and I know that's you, you came down here you came here to, down here to have a real conversation right I mean, yeah, you didn't absolutely. Want, you didn't want the BS? You, and no, we want just, the real shit. Just the poser? Yeah. All, you didn't want all that? No, okay, no, no. Cool. All right, because I got to make, sure I, I, I make sure that I give credit where credit is due. Absolutely. I'm not a fake, you know, um, I'm not a fake dude. So I was doing a lot of prayer, and I was asking God, hey, how do you, Lord, how do you want me to provide for my family when I get out of the Navy? And so that that's real. It was it's answered. Legit, and uh, I highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. It was answered. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and uh, that's one thing that um, I think is super admirable about you is you are a badass uh, business owner. You have a great uh, company. Um, you know, you respect, uh, very respectable what you did in the Navy. You know, you're Cecile. I mean, you can't say enough cool things about you, right? But one of the things I wanted to ask you about is kind of how you're able to be such a, uh, a great family man as well. And, you know, and you seem seemingly have a uh, great relationship with with the family, with the community, and all that kind of stuff while running this business. Um, so that's, you know, something a lot of entrepreneurs uh, struggle with. And um, I would imagine that uh, faith kind of helps along with that as well. Um, but I was kind of curious what your take is on all of it. Yeah, for me, everything, every, that's where everything starts, right? Um, it's just my relationship with God. Um, and it really helps me keep my priorities in, in check on, on what's really important and, and what's not important. But... Um, you know, I've I've watched so many so many young men, so many great guys, so many great gals with so much potential and so much talent just torpedo their lives by going after the wrong things, and it hurts every time you see it. It's like, oh man, another one, another one bites the dust. And so, that's why I always try and um, I always try and uh, stay humble, stay focused, and surround myself with people, you know, who will tell me when I'm out of line, when I'm getting off track. Yeah. Um, and I always try and I always try and stay in the word and, you know, keep my faith strong, man, because for me, everything in my life is mission oriented, dude. You know, if, if you follow us or anything about us, you know that we don't just sell products, man. We are very right. outspoken about the things that we are that are important to us to the point where it turns people off. But I'm not here. You know, I, I tell people all the time that I love humanity and I love my country more than I love my business. And so I'm going to always be outspoken about the things that are important to me um, because I only got I only got another 35, 40 years left on earth, dude. And I'm going to make as big of an impact as I possibly can before I go. Yeah. And you're on the way for sure. You're on the way to helping a lot of people, which is which is great. And a lot of people might look at the business and be like, oh, they make some badass bottle openers, you know, but if they really looked into the business, there's a lot more behind it. Like you said, you guys have some real core values and you have um, some real things you stand for, and it's going to make a much bigger impact than just selling some badass, you know, wedding gifts. For sure. I mean, it better not. That better not be part of my legacy. Yeah. I don't want anybody. No. And I think that's a. I think that's something that's so overlooked in society. I didn't really start thinking about my legacy until like my early thirties. Yeah. And I, I, man, I wish I would have known better. I wish I would have known as a young man. Hey, Eli, what are people going to say about you right. at your funeral? Are they going to, you know, that's that's a big deal to me. Like our are people going to remember me for selling a couple bottle openers or are people going to come to my funeral and be like, you know what? Eli was mission driven. He cared about his country. He fought for his country in so many different ways. He fought for the hearts of humanity. He fought for the hearts of men, the hearts of women. Um, and he just, he, he wanted, he wanted to make 
others better and he wanted um to bless other people if that's what if that's what people show up to my funeral and say then i'll be pretty stoked about yeah, that no yeah. absolutely that's a dream come true right there yeah i've been taking a bigger look at that uh myself as well like um so my wife is pregnant due last day of September. What? Yeah. Congrats, dude. I know. I didn't tell you yet. Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> We're doing a sonogram on Friday. Okay. So there yeah. might have to be a dab shirt coming in hot. Yeah. There okay. might be. All right, dude. So uh, I'm super pumped. It's my first kid. Um, I have two great stepdaughters right now, but this this is the first one that, yeah. you know, is going to have my DNA. So I'm really pumped. Yeah. Boy or girl, you know, at first I was like, it better be a boy. <laughs> And I'm still kind of like that. But if it's a girl, I'm just going to be just as pumped. I, it's not going to matter. Been there, be done so that, happy, man. You know? Been there, done that. Yeah, so I'm kind of, I'm in the same boat, you know, thinking like I don't want to be known just as really any one thing. But if it is one thing, it's, uh, you know, I want that legacy to actually, for people to like think about it and pass it on and not just kind of write it off as, oh, this guy did something kind of cool or was good at this or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, I, yeah, I totally feel you. Awesome. Yeah. And so um, before we get to something that I'm super excited about, I actually brought my shirt, LLVB. Yeah. Um, I wanted to uh, just uh, go back a little bit um, to where you were in San Diego in the teams. And at some point you transitioned out and made it over here to Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. So how did that come about? And how is that done for you coming to Arizona for business and family and stuff? So this is one of the hardest things out there. And I'm assuming most of your listeners aren't uh, veterans but this is one of the and this has become a passion project of mine and just trying to help as many veterans transition as possible because it it literally is one of the scariest things I've ever done it's one of the most difficult things I've ever done yeah it's very difficult in society to have a CEO a manager an HR person somebody that makes a decision on hiring you mm-hmm. it's really difficult to you know go in and talk about the qualifications and the things that you were in the SEAL teams or the Army or the Navy or the Air Force or the Coast Guard and and be like, yeah, this is this is my resume. This is how it translates into what you're doing. Right. You know, and and, and because of it, I've watched so many veterans, especially some with just phenomenal resumes, millions of dollars of training put into them, um, just at the tip of the spear in the military, go out into the private sector and, and, and really struggle to find like a legitimate career yeah. and provision for their family. And so, um, I, I fortunately was paying attention and watching my buddies struggle as they were getting out guys that had the same qualifications and skill sets that I had. And so I was like, Oh, that, 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 that fear actually lit a fire under, under me. And I was like, I'm not going to let my family struggle. Yeah. I will do whatever I can to make sure that my daughters and my wife are taken care of. So I went into just, you know, almost like laser focused psycho entrepreneur mode. And I started, I was working a full-time job in the Navy. I was a SEAL instructor teaching other SEALs how to, you know, take down ships, do okay. VBSS, if you will. Um, Sounds and like a fun afternoon. Yeah. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty, you know, there were some pretty, you know, high speed evolutions that would go down and just, it just, so just really impressive to watch, yeah. you know, the crawl walk run from the time you start putting these guys through the training pipeline. And, and then towards the end when they're taking down, you know, a vessel with a helo assault force, a boat, boat assault force with live breach scenes, role players, right. dogs. I mean, it, it was, it was intense, but it was really cool to watch that. And, and I actually was running the cell, uh, before I got out of the Navy. And I mean, that was it was the hardest job I ever had in the Navy, but it was so phenomenal training me to run a business because yeah. there were so many logistical problems and issues um, going on in that cell. Like you had to control heli- you had to control four helicopters, you had to control a couple Navy vessels, you know, four or five, you know, NSW, you know, uh, uh, you know, boats, you know, forty to fifty SEALs, you know. I mean, there. Role players, wow. weapons, ammunition, all these things that you had to control. And it's just like running a business, you know? So it was some of the best training that I ever got. And um, I'm just so blessed and fortunate that while I was doing that, I was able to start this business, Bottle Breacher, on nights and on weekends. And that's a big thing to me. Like, I nice. really recommend that to entrepreneurs, is something called the side hustle. And the reason I recommend the side hustle is because a lot of us don't have rich mommy and daddies and, you know, trust funds and investors that are just throwing money at us, you know, did so you sell your bike. At some I point? did. I did. 
and I still haven't replaced it, but yeah. um, I'm still look, I'm looking. Okay. There's actually there's actually a big dog up in Phoenix right now that I got uh-huh. my eye on. So I might nice. swing up there, have another have another beer with you, Dude, and, and sure. replace my bike. You have to. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, you know. So as I was starting this on nights and weekends, I was just working my tail off. My my initial goal was to make five hundred dollars a month. And within six months, we were doing $7,500 a month out of a one-car garage. A month and a half later, we were doing $22,000 a month out of a one-car garage. And that transition, that huge spike in sales, almost 300%, went down when I sold my big dog canine uh, motorcycle so that I could buy my first laser engraver. And what that did was, is it gave us the ability to jump into the groomsman market, like you found, like, that's right. that's when you bought your stuff from us, I believe. And... Uh, and I never thought we would be in the. I never thought we would be in the groomsman market. But if if you ever get a chance to read Mark Cuban's little book, it's a tiny little book. He says something in there that's so profound. He says, "Follow the green, not the dream." And that's a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we have ideas and we're trying to we're testing, testing, we're testing some more. Hey, I've got this idea. Let me test it out. See if it works. Nope, that didn't work. Let me test this one out, or let me make a minor change to it. See if that works. So much of what we do is testing. But if you get rigidity is like our number one enemy. If you ever think that like, if you get, if you fall so in love with your idea that you're not willing to be flexible anymore, that's when you get into a lot of trouble because I'll tell you what your customers, they'll give you the feedback that you need. Right. And they'll tell you, Hey, is this idea good or not? Cause a lot of times we're so close to it. You know, we, we get front sight focus and we, we lose visibility on whether or not, you know, it's even a good idea, whether the customers are responding to it or not, but, um, follow the green, not the dream. And that's what, that's what we did with this company. We just kept listening to the customers. We saw the magic in it. And as soon as we started seeing the magic, we just kept pouring more ingredients into what we were doing. So how many things were you like super pumped about that you were about to put out that you just completely had to grenade and get rid of and move on from do you think there's some is there something that stands out like this is it this is going to be our thing we're going to run with this thing forever and then you realized nope throw it in the trash yep absolutely um matter of fact this right here i'm just i'm just going to start pulling stuff off the shelves to yeah. answer your question to show you that you're absolutely right so let me get back in front of the microphone i don't want i want you to smack me in the head mm-hmm. um so one of the jumps we tried to make last year um, was to, hey, some people might not be jazzed about our lineup of everything's military. A lot of people don't like that stuff. A lot of people are turned off by it. So we actually we came out with a bobber. Uh, made out, All of this stuff is made out of steel, a baseball, an eight ball, a gear shifter, a football. They right. all open your beer and we're like, hey, we're going to offer something for, pe- for sports enthusiasts who like drinking beer, who want to support a veteran-owned made in the USA brand. It just it kind of made sense. It sure. was kind of like a logical you know, it wasn't a crazy jump. It was pretty logical. Yeah, like a lot of people like watching sports and drinking beer. So let's right. make some cool, badass bottle openers that you know speak to those people. Well, guess what? Didn't work. So hmm. we we cut it. And that's that's what you have to do when you're following the green and not the dream. And this is hard for me because this is my this was my idea, and I basically have to tell my entire staff, "Hey guys, this vision I had, this idea I have, didn't work." And that's okay, you know, and, and just always being humble and being, being brave enough to, and just self-aware enough to tell your staff, hey, you know what, I'm not always going to be right, but, you know, we're going to follow the green here, not the dream. And when I'm wrong, we're going to shift course as fast as we can so we don't sink this thing. For sure. And, you know, that, that mentality can apply to any business, like apparel, or I'm thinking right now, even in my mind with uh, beer. You know, there's a lot of breweries that open up and they, they're super proud of their, let's say, a white IPA or something. And they, they pump it out there and they're like, no, this is our recipe. We'd love it. Well, if people aren't buying it, yep, maybe you need to, you know, change that recipe up or you need to, you know, condition it a different way or dry hop it a different way or something like that. The uh, last article I wrote in entrepreneur.com was test, test, and test some more. And it's all about new product testing it's all about that mindset of just right. being flexible avoiding rigidity and letting your customers tell you what's cool yeah for sure that's that's awesome man so how did you get from san diego to tucson what was it all shark tank was it that kind of already an idea you had going on or? we actually moved the family to tucson before we went on shark tank oh okay yeah so my wife is from here mm-hmm. i was born here and we just like 
Southern California, unfortunately, even though it's one of the coolest environments in the world and there's so much to do there, it's really not that business friendly anymore. It's just overregulated. Yeah, I was going to say, was, they, was Arizona just a uh, much, just better, a much better place for business? And also I thought, you know, it'd be a great place to raise a family. We have some family here. And so not only that, but my wife had, you know, followed me all over um, the place, um, you know, while I was in the Navy. And I was like, you know what? This isn't really where our heart is. Let's let's go back to Tucson. Um, and I, I thought it was just a better fit. And of course, just like every big decision that I make, you know, prayed about it, right. and it which was funny because I was always that guy that was like, I'm never leaving San Diego. I love San Diego. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and God just opened my heart and was like, nope, you're going back to Tucson. And so here we are, man. That's awesome. Yep. So you uh, ended up getting a deal on Shark Tank yep. um, with uh, Mr. Wonderful and Mr. Cuban, yep. if I'm correct, right? Yep. So... Um, How's that been going now? It's been a few years, right? So I know it probably started in one way. Does, how does something like that work? Did you start out in a certain relationship and maybe I'm sure it evolves in one way or another? And, and kind of how was that? How did that work in the beginning and how is it kind of affecting the business today? So in the beginning, you know, it's Shark Tank is awesome, man. I mean, I it's, watch it all it's, the time. it's a double edged. I, mean, awesome. I mean, it's it's like everything. There's a dichotomy to it. It's 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 got its pros, it's got its cons. I think the biggest pro to going on Shark Tank is the just crazy exposure of 12 million people seeing right. your product just like that. Right. I mean, we our website crashed within like I think 30 seconds of it airing on the East Coast before it even aired on the West Coast. Really? We did, like it was insane. And thankfully we had the redundancy. We had a backup. We still had our Etsy store open. So we were able to quickly put up a banner saying, Hey, our website's down, experiencing difficulties, go to Etsy. Gotcha. And we, we did 450 K the first night we were on shark tank in sales. And I don't even know what it would have been had our website not gone down. Cause that's a huge no, no. You never want people to, you know, try and come find you in there. Yeah. Cause the attention span of, oh, yeah, you know, like human beings these days is like, yeah. Oh, I, I wasted three seconds of my life on that. I can't believe I wasted three seconds on exactly. this damn thing. I'm never going there exactly. again. Exactly. So yeah. um, <laughs> wow. it, it was phenomenal for us. I mean, it was one of the one of the greatest things about it was we just got our asses kicked. I mean, we just got hammered. And what I mean by that is we I think we woke up the next day. We had like 60,000 units to make. And oh we, we used to make like 150 units on a good day. So it was like, uh, you know, you're watching the you're <laughs> yeah. watching the tallies and the sales come yeah. in. And you're like, dude, this is awesome. And then you have that realization. Oh, my God. Somebody's going to have to make all this We're stuff. Screwed. Right. Because we <laughs> yeah. make everything. We don't we don't yeah. call up China and be like, uh, yeah, Mr. Chow, I need uh, 60,000 units. No, we don't do that here. We right. make it. And so it was kind of a. Uh, it was it was very surreal and it was but it was cool at the same time because we were just I believe that the main growth in life happens when you're drinking through a fire hose and when you're experiencing adversity and you either rise to the occasion, you either figure it out quickly or you just get destroyed and crushed and I I spent enough of my life getting crushed and destroyed you know to to be able to appreciate a time where you walk through something as a group. And then you come out the other side stronger. And that's exactly what this company did. Like literally our back order was from the time you ordered a product, it took three months for you to get it. And that, that's not, it's not really common, but you know, that's, that's the power of the shark tank, you know? And so it was a phenomenal experience for us. I'm glad we all walked through it. And now like the, the biggest day we've ever had was going on Fox and friends of all things. It was bigger than the shark tank, Oh, really? but we did it. And it wasn't that big of a deal for the company because we'd walked through that adversity sure. together and we'd got our asses kicked together. And so, you know, it's like you, I, I, even though I, I don't like being outside my comfort zone, like the next guy, I, I, I tend to, I think, welcome adversity and, and getting outside that comfort zone a little bit more yeah. than a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. So what do we have to do to get a Shark Tank update then on Bottle Breacher? Honestly, uh, well, you have to, you know, America has to love what you're doing. And I think they definitely loved what we were do. doing. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll ever get any more of them, to be honest with you, okay. just because I'm I'm way too political and outspoken about my faith and all this all this stuff that okay. isn't really acceptable on television. <laughs> probably isn't even acceptable on Tap That Ass podcast, but <laughs> he's probably going to edit out like 90% of this stuff. But you know what, dude? That's the thing about being hey, just a trailblazer, out. dude. You just yeah. you just say what you want to say. Yeah. People, most of the stuff I say gets edited out anyway. I've noticed <laughs> that. Like I'll I'll say you know it, whether it's, it's an update or whatever it is, right. you watch it and you're like, 
I hope that makes it in there. And it never does. Nah, but hey, nah, you know nah. what, dude? Doesn't stop. Doesn't stop me. It it's like, hey, will. my name is Eli. And then yeah, that's all you say. Yeah. Like, pretty much. And like, yeah, we yeah. don't want to listen to that guy. Like dude, KFC, but. what is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by KFC. Yeah, yeah, but that's awesome. So um you said you make everything on site. Right. The, so yeah, the majority um, of it. Probably about eighty five percent of it. Yeah. Okay. So you walked me through uh, last time, and we saw everything from keychains to breechers to shirts, um, everything. So, um, how's it going here as far as uh, manufacturing? Because I, I'm in. I don't make my shirts; I sell them. But um, I'm just really always curious about how you take your idea from grinding in the garage, scaling it up, and now you have, you know, people that uh, keep you accountable. You're you're yeah. supporting other people's families and lives now, and they're here working. For you, but also for their own, you know, goals and stuff. So right. how is it going uh, as far as like the production team, what's on site here is going? I think it's going pretty good. Um, actually, to be honest, we're in the middle of a kind of a downturn right now. Okay. We had to lay off probably like 10 people um, at this last year. But uh, like I said, I know you came here to be real and authentic. And I, I'm not all about giving you the roses and yeah. uh, everything is fantastic and great. This no. is actually... Uh, downturns if you do this job for long enough if you're an entrepreneur for long enough you will walk through it a lot of people won't talk about the downturns or the failures in life because right. they they want to pose they they're they're constantly in in pose mode but not not here not me yeah everything you know, stacks it, of yeah, cash and, it, and all this bullshit the cool thing the coolest thing about um adversity and being in the middle midst of a downturn is you got to start you got to engage this man you got to right. figure out okay what what do we got? What are we gonna do to turn this thing around? And I think it's actually, it's an opportunity. I don't see it as a, oh, wah. You know, I don't see it that way. I see it as okay. Let's let's figure this thing out. Let's get this thing back on the right track. Mm-hmm. And it's not because we've quit coming out with cool products. I mean, the combat cooler is just legit and badass. I don't it know if you've seen cool. it. Oh, yeah. It's an ammo can that we've transferred into a six pack carrier cooler, um, and that's we came out with that a, you know a couple months ago. Yeah, I love people, it. People dig it. We haven't even been able to keep it in stock or make it fast enough. And that's another uh, thing of adversity that we're walking through right now. How do we make these this product that's in high demand, how do we make it faster? Um, but, you know, it's just – and I think this is one of the reasons I was able to get out of the SEAL teams and come do this job and enjoy it so much because it is such a challenge. Right. You know, if I was just sitting at a desk – punching a time clock, I would hate my life. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I love this because it ain't easy. And, you know, because there's ups and there's downs and there's highs and there's lows. Right. No, I agree. I've always um, welcomed pressure and I, I, I like having pressure. Sometimes when there's a deadline that's like, you know, too far out and I know I can knock this thing out under pressure in like five hours. Yeah. I don't like seeing that I have a week or two days or whatever. Sometimes I just need like other things that are like, forcing me to really get in and do it you know and speaking of like punching the time card our man eric over here just quit his job the other day so he is now nice yeah (laughs) he left his bullshit sales job good and is now uh tap that az tap that as and az food and beer like full-time but actually not full-time he's actually teaching uh students how to uh speak uh chinese on skype or, no, sorry, Chinese students had to speak English. That's insane, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I don't know Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, I had that one backwards. I don't either. Yeah. I heard it's one of the hardest languages, Mandarin, well, right? It's immersion, so I just. One of the hardest languages to learn? No interpretation. It's just I teach them English. And- wow. That's yeah. insane, man. Well, you know what? But the cool thing is, is your background. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, says that sales is one of the best baselines you can have in entrepreneurship. Because, I mean, if you can't sell, you can't sell, you got nothing. Right. And I'm a horrible salesman. I really am. Really? I, I like giving stuff away. Yeah. I don't like selling stuff. <laughs> but but yeah. I had to surround myself with people who knew how to sell, could sell. And, you know, it's it's just like we keep going back to that team. You got to build a team because you're going to suck at a lot of stuff. Right. You know? Yeah, I imagine you probably uh, picked up some good pointers from, like, Mr. Wonderful along the way. That guy seems like he could sell anything. He, but. he can, man. He, You know, <laughs> it's he's fun. He's so funny, dude. Like, people think he's such a jerk. Cause they watch him on, they yeah, see my, I he, play, he plays yeah. a good jerk on TV, but yeah. he's one of the coolest cats you ever meet, dude. Like if you were like, like, uh, I have like a, a list of people that I'd love to have a beer with. And if, right. you know, I, I'm telling people, if you ever get a chance to have a beer with Kevin O'Leary, you, you won't regret it. I mean, the guy, he's a family man. He's smart. He's funny. I mean, and he, he's got a big heart too. He doesn't seem like it on TV, but he really does. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I'd love to have a beer with him and then have him like 
go. I'd love to go to like a badass wine bar and have him just kind of teach me about wine, what's going on. Dude, he came here. He came here during during our back order, you know, to do a Shark Tank update. Yeah, and to tell me how how jacked up I was. And right, right. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, it was funny because that that night after after he came down here and him and his his uh, his president Alex Kianjev, who's just a phenomenal dude. Um, he uh, they took us out to. You know, he's like Eli. I want you to pick the best restaurant in Tucson and make reservations. So we we called him up and like, hey, can you can you can you have forty people come down and yeah. and they 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 welcomed us in there. But he's like he's like he told the uh, owner of the restaurant he's like, I want your ten finest bottles of wine and I want them ready. And so it was cool because all of them had dust on them. Like they brought them out and oh, it was nice. so cool because Kevin O'Leary would every time they opened a new bottle of wine, Kevin would he would tell my whole staff what the deal was, is, was with this bottle of wine, where the grapes were grown, you know, how long it took to ferment, age, all this stuff. And I right. was just, I was just blown away by how, how much this guy knew about wine. It was insane. Yeah. I yeah. love that stuff. You know, I make beer and mead, so I haven't made wine yet, yeah. but I've always been fascinated by people that can do that. They can take this bottle of Domaine Serene or whatever it is and be like, oh, it's a 2005. Oh, that was a good year for this kind of grape. But this kind of grape was shit and yeah. so you're going to taste maybe this kind of thing in there right. but if you go to the next year it was a great grow season and so it's just yeah it's amazing and people with that much in-depth knowledge about anything yeah but you know especially booze you know yeah. it's just so cool to hear that kind of information yeah it, it was cool to see just how you know uh deep and, and intelligent that guy was man yeah i bet that's awesome so you mentioned having a list of people you want to have a beer with so bottle breacher makes Bottle openers, essentially. We'll call them breachers, right? Yeah. So you obviously like to drink. You obviously like yep. booze. So how was it going through the SEAL teams with all that pressure and all that training? Did you guys booze a lot when you guys, when you were in? Or did this, you know, how, I'm kind of curious about that because I like to train really hard. I do everything from yoga to CrossFit to weight training, stuff like that. Have a beer every once in a while. But yep. how was it from your perspective? One, taking it back to a SEAL. But in like now, how do you kind of take care of yourself and – make all these badass beer products and i imagine it's probably a lot of pressure to drink from time to time yeah you know it that was something that you know that i think the seals they almost act like they're in competition with people that, you know it's <laughs> as, in, as i imagine yeah, it, yeah. it's insane it's insane yeah. I, I, uh, unbelievable freddie really uh, dude really freddie Freddy, go get wet and sandy right now sorry sorry everybody listening to the uh, tap that ass podcast but my assistant here freddie uh has a tough time uh with his uh, stick, with it, with his little, with his little fingers, he can't. <laughs> we're, don't worry, guys. We're we're gonna get him wet and sandy. Freddie's a former Marine, um, so he can he can handle the banter therapy, guys. If you're worried about him, um, he and he has to put up he has to put up with me every day. So that explains we, the crashing it, it around does. too. It, you know, <laughs> it explains a lot about Freddie. Um, but anyway, where were we before Freddie? We were talking us? about how you can be a uh, an elite operator, all the training, physical and otherwise, and still compete to drink. So. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> well, let me first say that I think a lot of it is, uh, and this is why I like your movement, the Earn Your Booze movement. One, because it's a health, it's a healthy thing. But it, I, th I feel like there's also a responsibility in, in what you guys are doing and in your brand, and I think that's something that probably should get implemented a lot more um and, and uh, you know the those guys uh, my brothers they, they a lot of them i think uh <laughs> at times overindulge and i sure. you know and it's like it, it is what it is it's kind of i think it's kind of a part of uh kind of a part of the culture but and i think a lot of those guys are they, they can get away with it because they have a different mindset than everybody else. Right. Um, when most people wouldn't be able to get up and, you know, tie their shoes, those guys will go out and be able to, you know, conduct, you know, operations just because their baseline of what is difficult and, you know, what is hard is different than everybody else's. For sure. Um, you know, that being said, you know, now in life, um, I, I try and, I try and, uh, I try and work out when and where I can, but for me, it's, it's gotta be a lot of low impact stuff just because of some injuries that I've suffered. But, yeah. um, you were it, biking the other day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, w I was, I try and get on the bike as much as I can. Um, you know, I have a stationary bike, I have a road bike and oh, nice. it's low impact. So it doesn't, it doesn't kill my back. 
you know, my knees and, and, you know, those are the types of things that I try and do, but I I do miss, I do miss being able to be a little bit more physical. I I especially miss being able to do jujitsu and some of the workouts that I, that I really, really love, but I just, you know, honestly, until, until I got, get some surgeries or, or something going on where, you know, some of these issues that I have are taken care of. I just want to make sure that when I'm, you know, 65, 70 years old, I can actually, you know, go to one of my grandkids soccer games or a recital or something like right. that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking a little bit more long term, And so, yeah. um, you know, I, I try and take it a little bit more easy on, uh, on some of the stuff. Yeah. I think about that too, all the time. Like as, as hard as I want to train and there, there was a time a couple of years ago when I was, all I was worried about was being as big as possible, as jacked as possible, lifting as much as possible, but it freaking hurt. Yeah. You know, and there was a time when I was, um, let me think of much away now, almost 40 pounds heavier and even leaner. Like I was, I was a pretty big dude at one point, but I was slow as shit. This guy was a pretty big dude at one point. You, you know, know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> really? <laughs> But, um, but I was slow as shit and I could feel like everything from my cardiovascular system just being slow. So like now with the different training I've been doing, I know that I feel a lot better about my capabilities. So I could just like, what? Instagram live is still on. Yeah. What's up people? I kind of like this. My Instagram live has been on this whole time. And you guys are still hanging around? Man, now this is going to be no oh, surprise real. for the podcast. Oh, dang it. Remember we were joking earlier how it wasn't live? Oh, you know? I can't edit anything, so, See, you know? this is why you can't do podcasts with knuckleheads, dude. That is too... We literally were joking how it wasn't live. Don't worry about it. And yeah, it was live the whole time. Dude. Oh, my gosh. Well, there were only two people on there, so... <laughs> We're good, dude. Sorry, man. That's good too job, f- Freddie. That is too just when, funny. Just when you're about to really... I think you made up for the crash You earlier. did, dude. You're you did. Now. Yeah. And it, all I was really saying is that um, I agree with you. Um, kind of the earn your booze movement is, is a health and wellness movement, right? Of course, we all want to look good for the beach and the pool and, what, and whatnot. But really, if I can... My philosophy is if I can take better care of my body with nutrition and exercise while I'm enjoying some beers with friends and stuff like that. I just want, I'm, my goal is to live longer and have a couple more drinks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and I think people will feel better too. Um, there's a lot of people out there, especially in the beer industry that, uh, Eric is very close with that make beer that are, you know, drinking all the time because they make it, they have to test it. Right. And then they're doing that all day and then the shift is over and well, now there's these customers out there that, you know, appreciate what they do. So they want to show face and hang out, have another beer. Right. And before you know it, it just turns into you're drinking every single day and you don't feel that good after a while, to be honest. Right. You know, so really, um, I think that was some good insight into, you know, one of the seals and what you're doing now and that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter if you're not lifting, if you're lifting 300 pounds or riding a bike or practicing yoga or even just breathing and meditating. Right. Like there's a lot of different ways you can take care of yourself. Um, so I'm glad you found kind of what works for you and right. and working on long-term goals. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this might have to be a pause point because I am – I'm happy. I'm I'm through my list. Okay. So Sweet. I don't know how long we've been going, though. So 42 minutes. You guys are good. Are we good? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So what else – I'd like to – if there's anything else you'd like to get into, I'd love to get into it. Um, I think um, we – Yeah. I mean, this is this is your show, man. I'm just here to I'm just here to run my suck. So whatever you want, man. I mean, if you wanna, if you, if there's anything else you want to talk about, you guys want to talk about, I'm down. But did you have any other ideas of kind of like what we've been through and stuff? No. Yeah, we can definitely find that. All right. So Bottle Breacher makes bottle openers, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. Well, they make many other things. Right. But I'm curious. What are your favorite things to breach open? Like, what's your go-to drink? Go-to beer? I'm a it's weird because I've actually, as I've gotten older, I've actually become an IPA guy. Even though, as I was younger, I couldn't drink it. I thought it was, you know, I was, I, I thought it was gross. I did you it. like IPAs last time I was here? Probably uh, not. I don't think you did. Yeah, and 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 I've my taste buds have changed. Uh, my hair is falling out. I'm getting fatter. I mean, it just, it's just a you because know, of the life, IPA life cycle. Maybe, maybe oh. that's what's doing it all. I don't really know. <laughs> Shit. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big into IPAs now, and uh, that's my, definitely my favorite thing to breach. What's open. your favorite IPA? Stone. 
Stone IPA. Yeah, I like Stone, man. They're it's badass. Just, it's just it just got such a good taste to it. Yeah, I I did a tour at their uh, Escondido facility about two years ago, and just Miners is blown. Just geeked it's out. So to cool. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're definitely. That's always a good thing, man. To take, you know, take a look at what the what the guys on top are doing, yeah. and to just really tune in and try and you know model it, but put put your own little flavor into it. That's that's not a bad strategy. Yeah, I actually got to meet one of the founders when I was there too, which is just nice, crazy. So it's kind of cool, but um. So how about we're here in Tucson? What are some of your go-to Tucson beers? Um, I really like the uh, guys down at Sentinel Peak. If you get a chance to check them out, man, they're a bunch, bunch of firefighters, bunch of firefighters right? that uh, run a really cool uh, little brewery um, down there. They've got some good food and just good people, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, they make a good IPA over there. You know what? I don't know that I've had their IPA. Okay, we might have to go try it. Yeah, we might have to head on over there and and try it. Yeah, I mean, that was one of our goals is after this, like, hey, how many spots can we hit up and just say what's up, sample something? Hey, I'm in, dude. Let's do it. So, yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) We don't got anything to do, do we, Fred? Okay, sweet. (laughs) Fred's like, no, we never do. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm playing uh, Scrabble over here. Um, Hey, Fred, Fred, when you're done dropping ammo cans, can you uh, look at the schedule real quick? All right, thanks, dude. So how about um, moving away from beer a little bit? How about whiskey? I know you guys make some great uh, the little uh, the bullets, right? Yeah, for chilling down. Bullets. Yeah, chilling whiskey down the bullets, whiskey, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's cool because it doesn't dilute your whiskey, dude. Right. I actually, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, weak, you know, weak sauce. So I like it when my whiskey gets. A little, so maybe you can do a little. Can you edit that part out? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I, no, it's all. It, it's it's cool because uh, not only are they badass, you can personalize them. They're re- basically reusable ice cubes that look like bullets. Yeah. But you can personalize them. People love them. And if you know if you really like the taste of your whiskey, then uh, it it doesn't get diluted with ice. Yeah, I've used um, for a couple of years now, like the rocks. You know, the stones. Like I didn't find speaking it in my of yard. Weak, speaking you of weak sauce, so yeah. so. You're my boy. I've yeah. got whiskey bullets, and you're using the rocks. Well, I was leading up. I was leading up to something here, but yeah, Freddie, where's so, how's that sand pit doing? Right? Yeah, where's that at? I think yeah. Freddie's still in the sand pit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was gonna say I've had these rocks that I found in my yard. No, I didn't really find them in my yard, but um, yeah, I need some whiskey bullets to say you the do. least. To say we'll have least. to we'll have to remedy that. But you guys also do some other stuff. I own something else we haven't mentioned yet from Bottle Breacher, which is a uh, combat humidor. Yeah, because uh, I'm not a big smoker, but every once in a while I like to have a nice uh, cigar. My friends own a CBD infused cigar company up in Phoenix, a Gentleman's Cigar. Yeah, and so that's kind of the only thing that's in there. Are you earning your cigars though? I do. Okay. Yeah, I just I did a 5K the other day, so that got my cardiovascular <laughs> system ready to go. Wow, that's awesome. I man. wasn't too sure I was going to make it to be honest, <laughs> but it did. But um, how about that? How did that come about? You guys don't carry those all the time, right? No, we don't. We uh, see. Here's here's one of the thing for all you entrepreneurs out there. It's uh once once you start a company like this and you start growing your uh, your product line, one of the one of the biggest things you can do to get yourself in trouble is to have too much inventory on hand, right? Yeah. Because all that most of most of the time you have to buy your inventory up front. And right. One of the one of the primary rules to this whole game that we're playing the entrepreneur game is cash is king. Mm-hmm. And if you if you if you have like you know, hundreds of combat humidors or hundred thousands of combat coolers or bottle breachers or wine openers or barbecue tools on hand, you know, that's a lot of money just sitting around. And so you got to be really careful with, you know, how much, you know, watching the money going out, watching the money coming in. And so we do, we like to do limited releases of stuff until we find that it's just like a really solid thing that we're willing to pay up front to stock at all times and yeah the combat humidor you know it's it's done really well we've carried it like three times we've done limited launches of it and uh, this goes back to my seal team training of crawl walk run you know you don't just dump jump in the deep end right off the bat right you you don't just develop some products and start carrying buy thousands of units you test everything right because your customers are going to tell you what's cool yeah and i've actually been taking your advice from that forbes article about test 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 and yeah. I've been talking to my partners about it, um, you know, because we start with one thing, like we were alluding to earlier with uh, maybe the bobber that didn't uh, that didn't pan out. Like, you can't get attached to any one thing. Yep. Like, the shirt I'm wearing, I love it. I think it's great. I'd love to have it forever. But I know in the back of my mind, there might be a point in time where I that's it. Like, it doesn't exist anymore, you yeah. know? And it, it might evolve into something completely different that I haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, so well, I, the other know. thing on, the, on that same note is it's going to have to evolve. 
because right. if you're not evolving, you're dying. And that's one of the hardest things. It's just, it's the same in combat. You know, it's like, it's that offensive mentality. You either take the fight to the enemy yeah. or the enemy's going to take the fight to you. It's that simple. It's the same in business. If you're not constantly evolving and adapting and testing just enough to where you don't jump in the deep end right off the bat, if you don't expose yourself to the point where, you know, you sink the whole ship, it's a very, very strategic game. And you're, you're tightrope walking a lot of the time, but you know, it's, and that's what makes it fun though. For sure. And that's, that, that's a cool, that's a cool logo, but over time I'll be surprised, you know, I'll be surprised if you're not, you're not throwing some new, you know, designs at it, you know, and just evolving the brand. Like the other day I was driving down the street and circle K had just changed, you know, they had just changed the K on their, on their sign. And it was like, that's what they're, that's what everybody does. You either adapt or you die and you always got to put a new, a new spin on it, a new face on it. And you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things. It's just a part of the game. Man, that is a, a great point. Yeah. Think about any big business; like, um, they all change. If you think about it, but you know, the average consumer takes takes it for granted, and they're like, "Oh, cool, new logo." You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And they're probably not even noticing that. Oh, it's a new logo, new colors. They're probably more driven to go in there, but it's kind of like subliminal. You know what I mean? Yep. So. It's it's cool being hearing you now on the other side of it. Like, there's a lot of there's research a lot that goes into and money that goes logo. into like you know, um, you know, brand variation and and brand growth. I mean, yeah. there's guys that I'm not a I'm not a pro when it comes to branding, but there are people that that's what they specialize in. And um, man, there's a lot there's a lot to be learned out there on you know just you know content you know content is king, and it you know if you can continually put out quality stuff. You're not always going to hit a hundred percent, but if you can, you know, I, I tell people a lot of times, you know, we're going to come out with 10 products next year and, you know, because I don't know everything and because I don't have a crystal ball, probably three or four of them are going to be home runs. You know, three of them are going to be all right. And three of them are going to suck. And, yeah. and, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's a real, it's a realistic way of looking at things and just, you know, not overexposing yourself. And like we did in the SEAL teams and like we do in the military, contingency planning at all times. You know, it's like you don't plan for an op to go perfectly. If you think an op's going to go perfectly, you're an idiot. You're done. If you think that the next lineup a product you roll out is going to go perfectly, you're an idiot. And it's, it's not, you got, you better be ready to adapt be flexible and solve problems because that's what you're going to be dealt with every single every single day. Absolutely, kind of like our podcast here with with your boy with over here Freddy, spilling shit on the floor. Ready, dropping yeah. ammo cans. <laughs> Unbelievable. Where are my Marines at? Any Marines out there? I know a couple good, Marines. Good things you guys are good at killing, you know, because not good at being quiet. You know? I'm gonna say what's up to my boy Chris White out in Palmdale. He was uh, Palmdale, California. You know the gunny just passed away. Yeah. Um, Lee, he was, Lee Army, dude. That yeah, guy was, that guy was awesome. Yeah, he was a partner at a brewery over there called uh, Bravery Brewing Company. If I didn't drink all my beer, we would toast to Lee Army right now. But I mean, I think we have a couple more. Oh uh, well, we're doing it <laughs> to Lee Army. We're doing it. You know, um, it, it, he was definitely before his time. Um, I was actually fortunate at our uh, going away party at Lucky Luke Brewing in Palmdale that I shared a beer with him. Nice, so, which is really cool. Super nice guy. Um, did a lot for the Marine Corps, a lot for veterans, yeah. obviously, a lot yeah. for, a lot for the whole military community. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, and uh, that segues into our our lineup, LLVB, Long Live the Veteran Brotherhood, and that's what right. that's all about. Yeah, I did want to touch on that more. So, well, I was gonna hide, just hijack the podcast completely, dude, and just start talking about it. You do what you want. Right. I mean, I'm just here to. Yeah, so we came up with uh, LLVB a, a couple months back, and the whole point of LLVB um, was to kind of put out, you know, get a movement started of uh, veterans just loving and and supporting each other, you know, regardless of what branch you served in, whether you're a guy, a girl, what campaign you served in, what time frame you served in. It's a, we're, we're such a small, we're really such a small group. You got the shirt right there. And Justin, I appreciate you doing a uh, a video for us, man. It me- means a lot. But that was it's a just blast. yeah, it's just yeah. cool when it's just cool when uh, veterans realize that who cares where you serve, what branch you served in. We are we are a family. We should treat each other like so. Yeah. Um, not a dysfunctional family, but you know, a, a, well. just like you know, do everything you can. You know, 
help each other out. Leverage your contacts, you know, do everything like you and I before this. That's what we were talking about before this podcast even started. How can we support each other mm-hmm. in what we're doing? And, you know, re- regardless of where you served, I don't I don't care where you served. I don't care what time you served. You actually, you know, you put you put your ass out there. You signed right. a piece of paper saying, I'm going to go serve this country. And, you know, that means a lot to me, man. And instead of fighting and squabbling over stuff, just nonsense we should do a better job you know looking out and and loving on each other man for sure and in case nobody or in case somebody didn't pick it up llvb stands for long live the veteran brotherhood absolutely so i'm holding my shirt right now it says llvb and the v is made out of two uh was it 308 bullets 50 other 50s okay two bullets um it's got a flag on the sleeve it's just uh, Eli sent me the shirt, and I uh, I was fortunate to do a video for you guys. Yep. Um, so it's one of my I mean most cherished like possessions. I mean, it's a shirt, but it really means a ton to me. Um, yep. And it's because you know um, a lot of people maybe that aren't veterans won't possibly understand, but maybe we can kind of get that out there. You know, just like you said, some people go in the Air Force and they're you know stay stateside the entire time. Other people are in the Marine Corps or in the SEAL teams, and they're out there. You know, near death, you know, often, right? Yep. And other people do cross that line and don't come back. Right. And so just being in that same group is, uh, it's really something special. And yep. so I really like what you're doing, that you're, like, involving people like myself, my wife who's in the Air Force, uh, Freddie over there. Um, you know, just everyone that was in. Freddie still owes me a video, by yeah. the way. He hasn't done it yet. Oh, man. Does that surprise you at all? Yeah. So I mean, it's just a, <laughs> yeah, it really is a great movement. Yeah, we we are, dude. It would be funny, dude. Just ragging off Freddie the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Freddie's not even here. We're just digging into him. It's <laughs> my imaginary friend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, dude, you can obviously tell um LLVB is uh, near and dear to my heart and I appreciate you for doing it. Um if you could just maybe uh what else what else is LLVB to the average person that's out there? Like I know it's 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 for veterans, you know, including veterans, but we're veterans because we signed up to do stuff for other people, right? Right. So the LLVB message, I believe, is easy for any American to get behind because they're supporting people that maybe did something that they weren't able to do or, you know, chose not to do at the time. So yeah. what else is up with it? Yeah, you know, I think the uh, the average citizen, and I, I meet people all the time that, you know, they're they might not have served, but they are all about people that have served and they oh, yeah. are super supportive. And the, the thing that, uh, I think the thing that they can do is we used to have a saying in the SEAL teams and the saying was find work. And basically okay. it, what it meant for us was, you know, on target, don't be that guy just standing around, right. Find something to do and find work in the civilian sector can be like, Hey, what talents, skill sets do I have? What connections do I have? How can I leverage them and and use them to support a veteran that you know probably ain't going to come up and tell you, hey, I'm I'm hurting, right. I, I need I need this, I need that. You're probably going to have to you know you're probably going to have to figure out you know and actively pursue finding work and how you can help these men and women. But um, man, when you do when you when you go out there, like I I'll even go up now, you know, people will have no idea who I am um, or what my history or background is. I'll even walk up, I'll find people like soldiers and sailors and airmen just flying around the country and they're wearing their uniforms i'll walk up and i'll tell them you know thank you for your service man because honestly even today i don't take it for granted that you and me get to sit here at this table drink a beer and talk about whatever we want to talk about including including the faith that ian's probably going to edit out you know it's like that's a big deal to me man because we have freedom here and that's not it's not like that everywhere around the world and every single time i see you know a young man or a young woman or even an older vet who's long you know hung up his boots and his guns you know it means something to me that they were willing you know to you know to go and serve so that me my family my grandkids and future generations to come can enjoy the freedom and liberty that that we get to enjoy today yeah absolutely and that's a super good point it's a fantastic point really like think about how many people have you know served and are veterans now or people that haven't made it like i was listening to a jocko podcast the other day oh yeah yeah brother <laughs> and uh <clears throat> honestly um just listening to this in particular podcast um it was about a medal medal of honor recipient and like 
you know, I was in the Navy. I, I wasn't a SEAL, of course, but um, I was in, I've been around, I worked with the Marine, Marines and Air Force for a long, 10 years afterwards. So I've been in the, in the military family for a long time, but hearing what some people have gone through to like provide like this freedom and like abilities that we have right now is pretty ridiculous. If you think about it, all the wars we've had, how many men and women did we lose in their prime Right. that, you know, would have gone on to have, you know, great families or businesses or, you know, contributions to society in one way or another. Like how many people did we lose when they were like in their prime or not even at their prime yet to grant us this ability right now? So it's, it's really humbling. And here's the cool thing. When you actually unpack this, when you actually unpack this and you start thinking about it, there's a lot of people out there Let's be honest, there's a lot of people out there that might not agree with the campaigns and the wars that have been fought, right? Sure. But that's beside the point. These men and women, like I've been on ops that I probably didn't even agree with. Like I was like, why the hell are we even doing this? Like Mm -hmm. it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But I was there to serve. I was there to serve the men and women back in the States. And my like my goal when I signed those pieces of paper, I wanted to make sure that your dad, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle were never in a high rise building or even, you know, down at the local theater and somebody walked in, you know, and flew a plane into it to try and kill them all or walked in and shot them all. That that was literally my goal. I wanted to make sure that, you know, the people back here that, you know, don't have the ability to fight for themselves would be okay and they could continue their way of life. You know, and so it's like um, just having that mentality and mindset. I know not everybody's always going to agree with, you know, what the U.S. does in our policies, in our foreign policy and national defense. But just remember that those men and women that sign up, you know, to go do that job and serve, they're not the ones making the decisions. They're just the ones going out there to serve you. Right. And and that should if that doesn't resonate with you, you've got a problem. That's right. And the, the paperwork they're signing, it's not just a. Oh yeah, I'll go be a Marine for four years. They're signing on that line, giving everything up and up and including their lives. Yeah. And so, just like you said, they they're not creating the missions. They're not you know agreeing with political choices. They're not agreeing with anything really. Right. But they are there to do the mission, whatever that may be. Right. And I'm a very patriotic dude. I support a lot of what the USA does. Maybe not everything that we do, but Mm -hmm. I just want to point that out to maybe some of your listeners that don't really get that. Because these men, these, these people at the tip of the spear, these people, these men and women, these young men and women that are going out and carrying out these tasks, they're just following orders. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool when you can look for work and you can use your Rolodex, your connections, you know, and just what you've learned in life. And you can actually look for ways to support these men and women that are coming back into society, you know, a, a, you know, an environment that's completely different and new and foreign to them. And, you know, just be a guiding light and a helping hand to them. Yeah, and that's one thing that's so cool about uh, LLVB, Long Live Veteran Brotherhood, is I think I've watched all the videos now, but just seeing how diverse, um, just even the couple of videos you guys have put out, yeah. like the people that are behind there, like, you that's know, I love about it, man. You know, it's, and it's funny because uh, at first, you know, there were some there were some individuals, some females that were like, well, why is it brotherhood? That's so sexist. And, you know, it's kind of like saying, you know, mankind or whatever. It's, it's really, it's an old, it's an old word that's been used for a long time. And even though I can see, you know, their point of view and that's never what it was about, let's not get caught up in the title, man, because it doesn't matter if you're a man, you're a woman, you're black, you're white, you know, who you pray to or what language you speak. It's all about just service and serving something that's bigger than yourself. Self. And then in that in that community, looking for ways, whether you're in or you're out, looking for ways to support the men and women that, are, that come from the same cloth and the same community that you do. Yeah, absolutely. That's you, you said it perfectly. So we do have a little beer left. Let's do that. Arley Army. Arley Army. Arley Army. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Gunny. So, Eli, you're an awesome dude. I want to thank you personally for everything that you've helped me with along over the years, and thank you for this opportunity. What well, ain't done? It's not done, bro. No, it's, it's only, not done. It's only getting started. This is just a sign off of the podcast. This is the yeah. this is the cool thing, man. When you when you start something with somebody at the ground level, and yeah. You, the coolest thing is watching it just oh and building, uh, dude. Ground. Absolutely. Most people don't have the patience or the vision or even the you know optimism to see it, but yeah, it's coming. Yeah, no, it's coming, dude. Yeah. So uh, thank you 
for all of this. Yeah, man. Looking forward to working with you, uh, with Earn Your Booze, with Bottle Breacher, with just Justin and Eli personally. Like this is this is an awesome relationship on all fronts. Uh, so thank you for spending the time here with uh, Eric and myself. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say uh, I want to give you the last couple words and make sure let everyone know where to find you, social media wise, website wise, stuff like that. Yeah, we're at, at, at Bottle Breacher, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, all the yeah, things. all of the above. www.bottlebreacher.com. Come check us out. See what we're up to. Um, we'd love to, you know, we'd love to make some awesome gifts for you, and we'd love for you to watch our company, you know, grow from you know just a garage startup, a husband and wife team working right. into, you know, a, a pretty awesome empire, just making the best, you know, gifts for barware and drinkware on the market. You know, I did think of one more thing. You started in the garage, yep. went to Shark Tank. A lot of people might assume, oh, it's over. They made it. I know that's not the case. So I'm sure it was a big help, but could you kind of just expand on that idea? Well, yeah, it, it's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because most people never do. And most people don't realize that a lot of Shark Tank companies have phenomenal years when they go on the Shark Tank. And then after that, they just crash and burn. Yeah. Because not only is that exposure gone, but it, it's it's like art. It's probably like injecting steroids into your body. Like mm. it's probably like you just get like you probably get just this artificial insemination of of growth that isn't natural, and it's gonna go away as soon as you're as soon as that TV spot goes away. Right. And so it's hard for a small business to it's hard, very hard for a small business to figure out okay where are we gonna level out at. Once this goes away, you know, how much inventory are we going to need? You know, how many positions are we going to be able to support? And so for that reason, you know, if you're not careful, you know, the shark tank, you know, it can it can go big and then it can dive quick. It can and so, chew you up a bit. Yeah. And so we're in that phase right now. I'm really glad you brought it up and I'm glad we talked about our little downturn yeah, this, really this opportunity. Right. You know, a, a very few companies are able to keep that trajectory going up and very few companies are actually able to reinvent themselves once that's gone. And that's mm. what we're in the process of doing right now. But good thing we're not afraid of a challenge. No, Dave. I know you're going to do it too. Yeah. You, you guys are absolutely going to knock it out of the park for sure. So awesome, man. Thank you for answering that question. That was one that uh, was in the back of my mind that I didn't have on my notes, so I'm glad to hear the answer for that. So, Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, so you guys find Eli. Um, he is at Bottle Breacher Instagram, BottleBreacher.com, all the other things, Bottle don't, Breacher. Don't come find me if you get your little feelings hurt easily, though. No, no, no. Hey, hey, don't, don't come find me if you don't want to hear the truth, You don't, if you don't want to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that's what we're bringing every day. That's right. Yeah. Go find some other vanilla company to follow. Yeah. Yeah, no, Bottle Breacher is, is legit. You guys are real. You guys stand behind your core values, stand behind your products, stand behind everything that is Bottle Breacher. So appreciate you for that, for sure. Yeah. So also, um, you're going to find Eric over at uh, tapthataz.com and on Instagram, tapthataz. Um, thank you for Arizona Food and Beer for supporting this podcast. And once again, I am Justin from Earn Your Booze. You can find us on everything at, at Earn Your Booze. So whatever you do, get out there and earn it. Preacher up. Cuando se va